Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host Otis, and this is episode 28 of this awesome show, and I am joined today by Katie. Hi. And we are reviewing. Uh, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm rubbing my chest because this is this is this is the shit, y'all. This is the stuff. And like, in a lot of reviews and stuff, I say like, this movie's one of my favorites. I remember watching this as a kid. Legit, this trilogy that we're starting is absolutely, hands down, some of my favorite scary movies of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, we watched The Evil Dead. In 1981, The Evil Dead. Uh, Sam Raimi, that name, if you kept up with all these episodes we've done this month, Sam Raimi's popped up a lot. And this was absolutely his first film. So he did a ton of of films with Bruce Campbell, his childhood friend, and they used to film things in what their super eight millimeter film projects and stuff. So it's you know the old timey fucking recording and stuff, and that's what they were doing. And so in college, Sam Raimi realized that he, he wanted to do this. He wanted to make movies, and back in the day, uh, movies came out in drive-in theaters. That's how movies got going, and it wasn't. Uh, all through America, it was a chunk of America's, uh, the states, and then when they went through all those states, then they would shift it to another chunk of states, and so this movie was going to happen in, ooh, everything around Missouri, I think that's when they, they did this one, um, but they realized that horror is the easiest route in to be a director and do movies afterward. And so they were going to come up with a short film, just like a prototype that they could show to all the financing people because they're like, you know, dumb little college kids. And so they need a ton of money. I won't say how much, but I will say that The Evil Dead required over $100,000. I will say that. So spoiler on money. It's over $100,000. But they needed a pretty good amount of money for this because there's a lot of things in this film that happens makeup honestly that's the biggest part of it mm -hmm. and stuff like that so they found uh people to help them out and financially get through this movie and uh it, the original title was called the book of the dead but then one of the people uh one of the drive-in theater people was like book of the dead when you have book and dead in a name it's not gonna sell change it and they were like uh the Evil Dead. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was going to be called The House of the Dead, but that's a video game series. Uh, actually, they would have predated that. So Yeah, I was like, that wouldn't have mattered. That yeah. was 81. I was like, that wasn't a video yeah. game so, in 1981. So that series would have been called something else, which is very fascinating. Uh, they found themselves a cabin in Tennessee. That's where they were. Morristown, Tennessee. Uh it was just a remote cabin several miles away from everything else. And so when they were filming the, this movie, they had to stay there because there were like druggies and crackheads there around and they got some of their stuff stolen. So they had to sleep at this cabin while they were filming and they switched. Uh, they had shifts to stay awake and go to sleep and just work on things and stuff. It is crazy. Uh, it, it, this movie took so much work. It is a labor of love. But, you know, this movie 
was absolutely amazing and it it it, it picked up after this like i said uh it's funny if you know anything about the cohen brothers so the folks that did oh brother where art thou and a ton of other films they actually edited this film yeah they were alive like yeah. <laughs> they were old enough to be working i'm confused yeah <laughs> the cohen brothers yeah uh they helped edit this film uh they were probably young as fuck yeah, were film. they like seventeen? Because like, probably. How the fuck old are the Coen Brothers now? This movie was thirty years ago. Like <laughs> that blew Katie's mind. She's like, she needs answers now. My brain, I'm looking it up right now. My brain cannot with that information. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. So when it came out in the drive-in and in their hometown, uh, uh, Michigan, forty years ago. Fuck, I can't yeah. even math right now. Oh yeah. Uh, so when it came out in the theater, everyone loved The Evil Dead. And they were like, this is the best movie ever. And so Sam Raimi realized, like, shit, we could probably get this out into the world and get it bigger. Because it was just kind of a Michigan thing at that point. And so at that point, they, you need kind of people to talk it up. And guess who came to their rescue? Stephen fucking King. He saw this movie and was like, and I quote, the most ferociously original horror film of the year. So, with Stephen King's blessing, a ton of people wanted to get in on this. And so, New Line Cinema became one of the distributors of the film. And this became a domestic hit and a fucking international hit. And so, yeah, they were around 24, 25. Yeah, sound about right. Yeah, the oldest one was 27 at the time that this film came out. Yeah. That's blowing my mind, though. Fuck. Yeah. So They're it, in their 60s? God, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so this movie, all the right things happened. It was a ton of work. Uh, I was listening to the, um, the commentary on the first film. The second one is a lot more exciting because they're like, ah, the movie's already happening. Let's talk about the silly things. But the first one, there were a lot of moments where Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi's brother, like Ted, were in suits just going everywhere asking for money. Like, it's all, it, you know, you need money to do this. And so... It's just them with sweet little briefcases full of nothing, just trying to look fancy and nice. And they finally got the money they needed, and the movie came out, and it was an absolute hit. So I am so pumped to watch this. And we'll get into Evil Dead 2 and talk about why you don't really need to watch this one. But this is more of a just watch it, I don't know, kind of a respect thing to me. Like, anybody that's really into horror... You should just watch this at least once to be like, fuck. This. Oh, that's where that movie got it from. That's where this movie got it from. What? That's where this movie got it from. Yes. Over and over and over again, you'll say that to yourself while watching yeah. the first Evil yeah. Dead. Yeah, when we were watching this, there were scenes from Cabin in the Woods, which is honestly very close to this movie, where, uh, you remember when they were what all matters. dancing and the girl was, like, making out with that giant moose head, and then... The, that cabin, the basement door just slams open for no reason. That came from Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. There were scenes everywhere in this movie where it pops up in other movies. This is that kind of movie where it's just like, oh, that's where they got that from. That's where they got that from. Like Katie was saying, this movie, absolutely amazing. Katie, what did you think about Evil Dead? The Evil Dead. Um, I thought it was really good. I kind of wish I had seen this movie before I saw Evil Dead 2 because I started with Evil Dead 2 because it's the better of the two movies. Yeah, that's my absolute favorite one. It's Yeah, it's the better of the two and 
because of that, this movie was just like, meh. Only because the second one was like, they had a bigger budget, they knew where they were going with the story, and they do, in the second one, is kind of a rehash of... Yeah, it's a retcon, honestly. Yeah, it's a complete retcon of the story, and it's... I don't know. It made this one obsolete. So if I had Honestly. if I had seen this one first, I would have been like, "This movie is the shit." And then I would have saw the second one. I was like, eh, "No, but that was kind of dumb. Like, why they retcon?" But because I saw the retcon version first, I'm like, "Well, this movie's kind of. I get it. I get it. Why yeah. they retconned it? Like, I understand it now." Um, but it was good, and there are a ton of ton of moments where you will pick up on all these different pieces that other horror films have pulled from this specific work. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, One cool fun fact, on the wall in a cabin, there is a movie poster for The Hills Have Eyes, a Wes Craven film. So when Wes Craven saw that, he's like, oh, oh, you put my movie in your movie? Well, fuck it. Guess what? Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, she's watching Evil Dead. And he's like, oh, shit. So in the second movie... They just kept doing that, and like uh, uh, someone has Jaws on one of their walls. Yeah, I think in Evil Dead Two, the Jaws is on the wall, and so all these people are like, "Oh, you want to put my movie in your movie? Well, fuck you! I'm putting your movie in my movie." So uh, there's tons of things in the background. There's... Ooh, I wonder if the next Sam Raimi movie is gonna have Nightbooks. Like, That'd be if cool. He's gonna put because well, no, because he did Nightbooks, right? Yeah, he did it. Oh, it had well, to be never something mind. that it he was did his movie because that's yeah. why he had Evil Dead in it. I mean, that'd be like. Someone putting something from Get Out in their movie. Have, like, cotton on the wall or oh. something like that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I like your movie. Yeah. <laughs> or just have a poster up. Yeah. So, uh, like always, we'll get through this story. Um, when you listen to the Evil Dead 2 episode, we haven't recorded yet. I'm talking like it is recorded. But when you listen to that one, this will sound very... Familiar. Familiar. Because uh, they're the same. They did this one, and then when the world was like, wow, the Evil Dead's awesome, and New Line's like, hey, can you run that bad boy back? Sam Raimi's like, hey, I have an idea for time travel and medieval themes. No, can you just do the same movie again, but better? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. Here's a big bag of money. (laughs) Yeah, I can do that. And so that's why... Evil Dead 2, it's more just Ash by himself going crazy, but then he gets a chainsaw hand and a shotgun, and then the third one is the one where the time travel happens, so. Lots of jump of the shark. Yeah, I know, I'm jumping hard. So, like always, sit back and relax and listen to the story of the Evil Dead. So, five Michigan, Michigan uh, college kids, Uh, we have our boy Ashley Joanna Williams, (laughs) his girlfriend Linda, oh Linda, his sister Cheryl, I didn't realize he had a sister there because mm-hmm. she was calling him Ashley and everyone says Ash. I was like, dang, is that like his ex-girlfriend or something? Uh, their friend Scott and Scott's girlfriend Shelly, they uh, are taking a vacation at a cabin in Tennessee. So uh, approaching the cabin, they, uh, they see that the porch swing is just kind of moving on its own, just having a good time. And then the second Scott grabs the doorknob and actually grabs for the keys it just stops it's like hmm. so it's weird in this world if you speak the evil words like i'll talk about later about the book the demons are out but then the demons are there but they like uh we can't fuck with you yet because you haven't said the words but they're already out it's really weird like rules and in the commentary sam Raimi talks about that he's like 
Yeah, they're already out, but they, like, don't mess with them enough until they, like, turn on the tape recorder and they're like, oh, okay, now we can screw with you. So, you know, the evil's already out there. So, uh, the crew, they go inside. Cheryl, she is the... Uh, the most sensitive to ghosts and things. There's always one in the group that, like, I can feel an evil presence in this in this cabin. Uh, she starts freaking out, and she draws a picture of a clock. And it, it they say it's a clock in the commentary and stuff, but it looks like it's, she's drawing the fucking Book of the Dead. It's just like, a big square, but she's drawing something really weird. And she hears a voice telling her to join us. And so... Uh, she becomes just, well, her hand becomes possessed, and Katie saw in some of the cuts, her hand was white, and it had, like, weird dark veins, but then sometimes it wasn't, but that's just... Well, it didn't seem like veins, it seemed like the drawing was being pulled into her skin. Mm. Um, and there were, there were shots, I feel like they shot it with the intention that it would look like the ink was being pulled into Ooh. her skin. Okay. I like that. Um, but then the way that they edited it was wrong, and they pieced the frames. So, like, sometimes they would be, like, a shot of the ink on her skin, and then her the next shot would be her skin was all white, and then the next shot would be her skin had more ink on it, <laughs> and then it was all white again. Like, they just messed up the framing. Yeah. But I felt like that was what it was supposed to be, because her page was switching from, like, being completely drawn to not being drawn at all, like being blank again. So I yeah. felt like it was possessed. The ink was possessing her. It yeah, seemed. it's kind of with timing, and this is the first big film. So I mean, there's always little things in the back. So her hand, she's going crazy, and she draws a book with a weird, scary face on it. Hey, we'll talk about that book later. Uh, she doesn't tell anybody because this is a horror film, and why would you tell people that you know your body just kind of did things on its own? So while they're hanging out, the cellar trap door just flies open. And the whole crew is like, well, what do we do? do you, should we go down there? And Scott's like, I'm going down there. Fuck it. And then Ash is like, well, Scott's been down there for a long time. And he hasn't acknowledged us in a bit. So I'm going to head down there and look for him. And so they find the Naturam de Manto. Um, so that's the Sumerian version of the Egyptian Book of the Dead. In the next film, they just call it the Book of the Dead. It's just mm-hmm. it's just easier. It's it's a lot easier, you know. Um, and they find a tape recorder from an archaeologist. So they take the items upstairs. Oh, and they find a sweet ass knife that has skulls on it and stuff. They find that down there. Uh, like always, like all shitty people in horror movies, they play the tape, and it's a archaeologist talking about what he found and reading pages from the book which is what you do i guess when you find a weird book made out of skin of people like i i wouldn't read it but i guess that's just what you do burn it so (laughs) he uh they play the tape and then it wakens up the demonic entities everywhere of course so they were already there but i guess like i said they just needed them to read it and they were like turn the fuck up you know so, uh, Cheryl is still been freaking out. She's had a bad night, and and she tells Scott to turn off tape recorder, bro. Like he's just saying like crazy Latin words. Like turn that shit off, you know. And a tree branch like busts through one of the windows, and so um, 
Late that evening, Cheryl hears weird sounds outside, and she just decides that, like, I'm just going to take a nice little walk in the night. And while she goes a little too far, she is attacked by demonic, possessed trees, and they attempt to rape her. And so from what I got of this movie, the times I've seen it, they attacked her enough, or stabbed her enough, because in this world, if you get any type of a wound, and you are mentally just weak, you will get possessed really fast. And so that's why Ash is able to avoid things so long in all of these movies, because he is very strong-willed. He has all the willpower, as you'll see later in the other films when he has to do crazy things. Um, So Cheryl comes back inside, and she is super fucked up, and she's got bruises and cuts all over. Ash is like, okay, I'll take you back into town because you're freaking out and stuff, and like, let's hop into the car. And then they find out the bridge to the cabin has been destroyed. Another thing that pops up later in the second movie. And so there's no way back. And so they realized, like, hey, we'll just go back to the cabin. When daylight hits, there's got to be another way out. There isn't just one bridge to get us out of here. There's got to be another bridge somewhere. But it'll be easier when daytime's here. So, which, yeah, that's very viable. So uh, Ash listens to more of the tape, and he learns that the only way to kill the entity is to to dismember a possessed host. And he's like, oh, that's good to know. Maybe I'll do it later. Uh, Cheryl is slowly freaking out, and she's actually calling the cards. Uh, The other girls are playing spades, and she starts calling their cards as they're pulling them. And then, oh no, she starts levitating, and she tells, uh, she yells at everybody else, uh, why they disturbed her sleep, and she's gonna kill them all. They're not making it through the night. And then she stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil. Uh, she falls down, so uh, a lot of demons in this world will do that. They'll say all these scary things and just fall over like they just died. And then everyone gets close. They're like, is she dead? And they get close enough, and then they attack them. Apparently that's just what you do. Happens in every movie. <laughs> uh, in the third movie, Ash learns. So, uh, Linda gets stabbed in the ankle with a pencil, and people get fucking stabbed in this movie. Like, that pencil is deep in her ankle. And Ash gets thrown into a shelf, and he's all types of fucked up. So, Scott, the hero for a while in this movie, uh, just fucking drop kicks Cheryl into the cellar and locks her inside. Hey, that's an ongoing fucking trend in these movies. There will always be somebody in the cellar looking up, just mad about life. <laughs> So everyone's trying to figure out what the fuck to do because Ash's sister is just like bleeding and weird skinned in the basement, just mad. And um, Shelly is fucked up. And so she's laying down and then a demon jumps through the window and attacks her, turns her into a demon. So uh, people spread out too much. It'd be easier to stay in the same fucking room. Uh, So she jumps Scott. And before he's able to throw her into the fireplace and then stab her with the dagger, the Sumerian dagger. And when the dagger stabs one of the demons, it just like pulls blood out of their body. And they start to melt and shoot out milk out of their mouths and wounds. It's a mess. This movie is so much blood and pus and liquid coming out of people's bodies. It's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So she gets back up because they didn't follow the rules. And Scott, asking help from Ash, but Ash is like, I can't chop up a friend. Scott dismembers her with an axe. 
And he's like, well, we got to bury this, man. So Ash follows him outside, and they put all the potty parts into a bed sheet, and they scoot outside, and they bury her. And I was like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. So uh, shaken by the whole situation that he had to chop his girlfriend up, you know, that's reasonable. He's like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to find a way back into town. And he's like, well, what about Cheryl and all our other friends? He's like, I don't give a fuck about none of y'all. I'm leaving. And at first I was like, what a douche. And I was like, he just chopped his girlfriend up into pieces. So, yeah, I'd kind of be the same way. If I had to chop Katie up, I'd be like, I don't really give a fuck about any of y'all. I had to chop up Katie. So uh, I'm going to leave now. Uh, So I I get it. (laughs) I absolutely get it. So he comes back pretty soon afterward because the trees started whipping his ass outside and he actually has a fucking like thick root in his like gut. He got stabbed and that stays in there for a while because, you know, what are you going to do? Pull it out and just blood shoots out. So he sits down and he tells Ash that the trees are going to fuck him up if he goes outside. So you got to stay here. Um, he, Ash looks on Linda, his girlfriend, and she's been possessed. I'm like, oh no. Uh, she attacks the fuck out of him and scratches up his, like, leg. But it's not like scratches like, oh no. It's like they dig their fingers into the skin and rip chunks out of him. So Ash's leg's fucked up. And he actually stabs her with the dagger. And he realizes that he has to dismember his girlfriend. But he doesn't want to. So he just buries her body straight up. Ooh, I like that. So, unfortunately, she wakes up and jumps at him. And then a scene from the second movie, they call back to this because it's really fucking good. Ash decapitates her with a shovel. (laughs) Knocks her head off and the head rolls away. So he runs back into the cabin. So, back in the cabin, Ash is the only one still just normal. Everyone's all weird and scary. Cheryl, while Ash has been killing his girlfriend outside, Cheryl broke out of the cellar. And Cheryl actually changes back into a normal person for a while. And it's like, oh, Ash, what do we do? I'm so scared. And then she changes like, aha, and starts choking him out. And so Ash gets away from her grasp and shoots Cheryl with a shotgun, a one like shell shotgun that quietly changed into a... um a two-shooter, and then turns into a rifle in the third movie. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, so, Ash barricades the door, and Cheryl's outside. Scott wakes up and turns into a, a deadite. They're called deadites. And Scott attacks Ash, and <laughs> the Book of the Dead is knocked close to the fireplace. So, while Ash is fighting Scott, he sees that Scott's body is smoking, and the zombie Scott is like bothered by it, but not enough to stop fighting Ash. So Ash gouges his eyes out, just digs his fingers into Scott's eyes to like get him off of him. And he pulls the tree branch through his stomach. And so Scott's zombie form bleeds out and falls to the ground. So Cheryl breaks through the door and knocks Ash to the ground. And Scott and Cheryl zombies are attacking Ash on the ground. And he's getting hit with a fireplace poker to the back. His leg is getting chewed on by a zombie. And he is reaching for the Book of the Dead because he realizes, oh, a corner of it's on fire. If I throw this bitch into the fire, maybe it'll save my life. 
So he drags it over with the necklace that he got his girlfriend. Hey, that necklace comes back in the next movie. Um, he drags the Book of the Dead over to him and chunks it into the fireplace. And then the Deadites freeze in place and then they just rapidly turn into the dust. Hooray! And they just burst. Uh, it's like arms pop out of them, just out of all of their bodies. And then Ash just gets covered in blood. In this movie, Ash is, like, covered in blood at least four times. And he gets, like, a napkin and wipes his face and he's completely clean again. <laughs> uh, but Don, he made it through the night. Hooray, Ash. I'm so proud of you. And Ash is walking away from the cabin. Oh, no. It's that weird, invisible thing that just runs along the ground. And it rushes right at Ash. And the movie ends. I'm curious what happens to Ash. Maybe we'll find out in the second movie. <laughs> so that is The Evil Dead. Katie, who is your favorite character in The Evil Dead? The makeup and prosthetics people. Goddamn right. They were doing uh, work in this They movie. fucking did some work. There was so many cool... Like, every time someone would get possessed, the way that their face would transform and how... They had to go in, I'm sure, because it was the 80s and everything was happening for real. It wasn't, like, just computer animated. The way they had to go in between, like, every couple of frames of movie and, like, add a little bit more, like, oh, yeah. here's a little bit more bumps on your cheeks or here's a little bit more blood coming down your face. Like, insanity. Like, shit was so good. And huge shout out to whatever company did the claymation for the end scene. Um, where they all like melt because that was dope as fuck. I believe because in the second film, it's actually the people that did the claymation for uh, Davy and Goliath, those old like Christian. Yeah. I, I believe it's the same group. Wow. Yeah. But that's awesome. So yeah, makeup and prosthetics, they did fantastic. Fun fact uh, to add on to Katie for the just makeup and stuff uh, whenever someone turned into a deadite, their eyes were straight white. So Sam Raimi had everybody, every actor, Go into an optometrist to get um, these giant, thick-ass glass white contacts. Back in the day, they weren't nice and cool contacts now when you have to change your eye color. They were scary and thick, and you can only keep them in for 15 minutes at a time because your eyes would get so fucking dry. They had to bring, like, they had to go to an optometrist to get them put in, and they could only do it for 15 minutes at, at a time. At a time, yeah. And if so they were why in... wouldn't... Wouldn't they have just hired an optometrist to be on site to do it? Well, no, no. It's just when you got them, they got multiple pairs. It's just like, you can only do this 15 minutes at a time. And you should take them out so yeah, you don't go but blind. can they put them in themselves or does an optometrist have to Oh, no, no. They, they, can, they can put them in themselves. Okay. It's just, don't keep these in for more than 15 minutes. Man, that's horrible. And so, it was a kind of... Be happy hmm? that we're not living in 1981 anymore because... The Ash vs. the Evil Dead show, which takes place in modern time, like currently. Yeah. Um, the Deadites in that one get to wear regular ass fucking oh, contacts yeah. so and not easier. just destroy the entire outside of their eyes. Yeah. So there are multiple scenes where the actors and actresses would be like, okay, we got to hurry up, y'all. My eyes are fucking dry. Like, let's get through this and stuff. So, because no one wants to go fucking blind. Uh, it's a lot of work. Like Katie said, the the makeup people and the special effects, they put in effort. And that's what people remember from this movie. When I watched it, I was like, damn, man. They, 
this shit's wild for 81. They had to do a lot of work. So, mm-hmm. my favorite character, which when we do all of these, it's going to be the same person, person. Ashley, Joanna Williams. Even in this film, he was not the hero until, like, fucking the end of Act 2, Act 3. When he finally realized that, like, wow, I'm by myself. I got to do all of this. Uh, he picks it up. And he was really cool. You could tell he was the main character, but he was just in the background at first. But Bruce Campbell, that dude is absolutely awesome. He he did really good in this. He's so young. And they come back for Evil Dead 2. You see so much more of Ash. And he's bigger and buffer. And he puts in more work because he's by himself this time. He's got to do it all. Uh, so I had a great time watching young Ash try his best. Uh, who's your least favorite character? Cheryl. <laughs> like... I feel for her, her scenes, like, I mean, she basically got raped out in the forest by the forest. Yeah. And that's horrible. But all of her acting prior to that and after that, like, she was just so fucking whiny. Like, I understand being whiny after you get raped and, like, fucking attacked in the woods and become now a ghoul yourself. But the before part, she was just, like, she was the awkward fifth wheel like, why did you even come on this trip? And I don't know. I just didn't like it. I didn't like her. The writing for her character I didn't like. The way that they used her as this, like, over-sexualized, like, weird scene. Like, nobody else's transition into becoming a deadite was sexualized like hers was. But, you know, in place of just showing gobs and gobs of teen sex like they usually do in... horror films they replaced it with this weird scene where she runs out into the woods and then gets molested by the vines and stuff and it's like that was unnecessary and i why did you put that in here we could have done without this entire character of cheryl (laughs) um and they do later in the next movie so you know (laughs) what about you my least favorite character it was scott the second he chopped up his girlfriend after that scott was useless to anybody not named scott uh but i get it like i said if i had to chop up katie i'm not giving a shit about anybody else at that point i'm like i need to get the fuck out of here but uh scott got jumped by the trees outside and he came back even more useless because he couldn't even fight anymore and he just became a zombie so he was just sitting there bleeding ash was trying to Pour water into his mouth and it was just falling out. And he's like, "Okay, we're gonna get out of here, man. We're we gonna make it. And we're gonna we're gonna get everybody else. We're gonna get the hell out of here." And he's like, "No, oh, he dead, bro." <laughs> no, but Scott was garbage water. Okay, let's do seven word synopsis. Uh, I have two of them. My first one is Stephen King loved this movie. Ditto, bro. And my second one is Ash is so young in this movie. It is so cool to see Bruce Campbell young because. He did a, um, so the original Evil Dead came back to theaters, uh, I want to say maybe a week or two ago, and, uh, oh, on the 15th, so for real, like, like a week ago, and it was in Regal, Regal Movie Theaters in America, and Bruce Campbell did this, like, cool trailer for it, and he's, he still looks great, but he's, you know, at least 50, at least 60, I think, now. And he's getting older, and I'm just like, fuck, man. I remember when you were really young. And just, I don't know. It just reminds me that time is moving really fast. I mean, yeah, it's been 40 years since this film came out. I so. know. Time is moving, and it's bothering me. 
But uh, he... Uh, Existential crisis, Otis. Yeah. Well, he retired from being Ash. He's like, I can't. I'm, y'all, I'm old. And I was like... Did he stop that show? Ash vs. the Evil Well, Dead? no. When the show ended, he's like, That's, oh, okay. I'm I'm done doing like extensive Ash stuff. He's like, I'm old, y'all. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so everybody's sad. But like, well, what about the next movie? What about Mia? She needs someone to help her be an awesome killer. He'll probably pop up for a movie because he doesn't have to do as much moving, but like a show. He's like, no, it's too much work. So, uh, Katie, your seven words. Okay. Cheryl got molested by Haunted Creepy Forest. Yeah. Please go get your eyebrows waxed, Ash. (laughs) You leave him alone. (laughs) And bring back shitty claymation melting scenes, please. Uh, You'll see some in the next one. I know. I'm talking about modern oh, yeah. horror films. Um, give me some I feel like, Lost Art melty faces. Yes, I feel like that was a very, very common like way to defeat a bad guy or like ending of a bad guy in the 80s and 90s. Like there were a lot of movies where it ended where like the villain would get melted and then they would. Or, like, acid thrown on them or whatever. And then mm-hmm. they would, like, melt. But it'd be, like, that claymation melt. So oh, it yeah. was, like, stop motion claymation. But it looked really fucking cool. And they would always end up into, like, this puddle of whatever. Like, blood and guts. Yeah. And it happened all the time in movies. Like, there are a shit ton of movies that did that. But it hasn't been done in, like, over 20 years. Because CGI and all these yeah, different things. But, like... I need somebody like a Sam Raimi or a Stephen King or somebody to to go out there and make not even necessarily like um, a movie for adults, but like a kid movie because it is super cheesy, like make a kid movie. And at the end, rather than like, you know, we just talked about night books like a week ago, do instead of, you know, throwing the witch in at the end, like into the furnace, like... Do something like that, or, you know, throw a bucket of water on her, and then she melts, like, claymation style. Like, <laughs> that shit is so fucking cool, and I feel like it's just this dead art that we don't use yeah. enough anymore. Because so much time and effort, and they're like, I can just put that in a computer and do it. Well, I mean, like, there's still claymation movies being made. Oh, yeah. But they, when the movie is all claymation, they ne- they don't use the melting thing. But I feel like it was a really cool thing that they used to do for live action movies when characters would like melt, quote unquote. And I want that to come back. Oh, easily. It's a really cool thing. I love stuff like that. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with when things go as I used to say, clip art. If it's like, oh, okay. Y'all didn't have the money to be doing this and this is kind of an advanced technique, so I get it. But when like movies these days do something clip arty, I'm like, y'all didn't I don't even do it right. <laughs> right. I can't even respect this. Okay. Uh, minority kill count. So, uh, just a room full of white folks getting jumped. So Yeah, as far as I know, they were all white. So. Yeah, the number has not changed. So, let's... Uh, this film came out October 15th, 1981. Katie, what do you think the budget was in this film? 500000 not a bad guess. Sam Raimi said that it was around 375000 That is impressive. For this film. Yeah. Uh, they had to use all the money <laughs> that they had to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it would have been very cheap for the actors. 
Um, the location was probably really cheap because they just like rented a cabin for a month. I think or the however long. I think the car is either Bruce's or Sam's car. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That jank uh, bridge they went over was probably kind of a pain to deal with. Um, was a significant amount of their budget, and then everything else was fucking prosthetics and makeup yeah, and just in a cabin. blood. Yeah, and then like the the traps, I guess, in the cabin, like the not even traps. The practical effects that were taking place in the cabin oh, yeah. with the deadites, like the door, the um, thing in the floor yeah. to the basement that mm-hmm. kept like opening up and shutting and the like all the different like things on the clock on the wall and all these different things that were doing that. Yeah. Practical effects probably cost most of this budget. Yeah. So 375. Uh, what do you think the box office was? Um, 10 million. Not bad. 29.4 million dollars. This movie did bank. So, like I was saying before, because I, like, lightly brought it up. Like, 60 times its fucking budget? Yeah. So, like I said before, this movie came out in Detroit's Redford Theater. Uh, That was a place where Bruce Campbell visited as a child. And so, they had it there. The big premiere. It did great. And so, Sam Raimi's like, well, fuck. It did really good. Let's try to, you know, move it out. Get to drive-in theaters and stuff like that. And then, like I said, the the uh, approval from Stephen King helped them get in touch with New Line Cinema. Oh and yeah, nineteen eighty Stephen King is like untouchable. He was yeah. Anything he said maker. was anything he said was awesome. Fucking People like maker like yeah. Firestarter the movie had already come out. He had already had like Firestarter, Christine Cujo. It was already like published. Like yeah, he was huge already. Yeah. So like I said, uh, his comments. Attracted critics that would have been like, oh, this is just a low-budget, shitty-ass film. Like, whatever. It was made for, like, 20 bucks and a sandwich, you know? Mm-hmm. But, oh, Stephen King likes it a lot? Well, fuck. Let's look at it real quick, you know? And so New Line Cinema gave them a big old bag of money. Like, hey, we'll help produce this and send it out into the world. So, uh, internationally, that's where it made a fuck ton of money. There are countries that are like, this is the best fucking movie ever. Uh, just like with a lot of different genres around the country, other countries are like, this is this is, this is the best thing ever, bro. So yeah. uh, it's awesome. There are tons of people that are just like, this is the best movie ever, bro. This is so, the reason I got into filmmaking. Yes. This is the reason I love horror movies. This is, yeah. I would love to sit down with Stephen King and just talk about his favorite horror movies. Not movies of his, not Stephen King-based movies, but, like, all the other movies. Because I'm sure he, like us, has watched a crap ton. Oh, yeah. On a bunch of, like, these no-name, like, zero-budget, didn't-get-a-lot-of-hype movies. I would love to sit down and talk to him about his, like, favorite hidden gems, his favorite big-budget productions, like... Yeah, I would love to sit down and talk with him about that kind of thing. I know the last thing he, I remember him saying, like, thumbs up to was Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, fuck, it's that 80s. sounds like one of my stories, man. It's a fucking man. Stephen King story. It's yeah. it. Yeah. Except versus a shadow monster instead of versus a fucking clown. Yeah, he loved it. He was like, this is fucking great, yeah. man. He's sitting at home like, bro, this is good. So, um, this movie, uh, all the awards, every, just about every magazine company every people 
anybody that talks about it, it's always in those lists like, you have to watch this before you die. Um, usually the se- they talk about the series as a whole, and we'll get into the sequel, and people talk about that one a little bit more because uh, there's more comedy in the second one, and a lot more coolness. Uh, but I believe that this is the, usually in a lot of lists, um, this is the 41st greatest horror movie ever made, a lot of people say. And Evil Dead 2 is usually the 23rd. So uh, in my list of movies that you really need to see, uh, like this one, fucking Midsummer. I think everybody should watch that at least once in your life and just be bothered. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but fucking bother. Uh, one Cut of the Dead is one of those ones. Host, everybody should watch that. Uh, Evil Dead 2. That's one of, that's like one of the ones. This whole list that we've watched this month. Yeah, there's almost tons of films. Almost this whole list. Uh, but this movie made money, and this helped Sam Raimi out. Unfortunately, they were, he did a little movie in between Evil Dead 1 and 2, and it was a flop. And then he was like, oh. And then they were like, hey, you want to make another Evil Dead? He's like, yeah. And then that one did great. So he kept going after that. Uh, Katie, do you have anything else to say about the Evil Dead? Um, for continuity's sake, watch this one. Um, it wouldn't hurt. It does. I mean, good. it doesn't hurt. But I will say, you don't have to watch this film. Um, it's good, but you will still understand exactly where the story is going if you just go to the second one and just start yes. with, um, Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two. Dead by Dawn. And then watch Army of Darkness. Like you'll be fine if you just go skip straight to number two. That sounds weird the way Katie's like, you know, her saying like you really don't have to watch it, but you absolutely don't really have to. Just watching it just for the fun of just watching an yes. old school film. But they retcon the first movie. The second movie does the job of the first movie. Yeah. In like the first five minutes, they're like, Hey, this happened to Ash earlier. Continued and it's that's it. I I watched the second one first and I thought that was the first movie, even though it said two on it. I was just like, oh. and then I went back, like, oh, there's one before, and then I watched that one. And I was like, oh, but why is he not by himself? Okay. Uh, but no, like I said, we'll get to Evil Dead 2, and then it's like, oh, oh, shit, okay, but no, the Evil Dead is really fun. I love this movie, it's a mess, but you know, it's old. It's older than me. <laughs> so, you know, it, I got to give it some type of like fucking like opening to be shitty. <laughs> it's older than me. I, mean, I mean, I fuck up every day. So I, mean, I need to give them some okay. fucking openings. I guess. <laughs> okay. What is it? The cabinet of Caligari was fucking like Ooh. over 100 years old. And that shit was fucking fire. Boy, so. howdy. That was a good movie. Don't just give it a pass because it's 40 years old like yeah we didn't watch some 100 year old ones yeah we watched fucking fucking some really good 100 year old films so sounds fucking great so if you have any other cool fun facts about the evil dead because i missed a ton of fuck fun facts i was gonna say fuck facts fuck facts fuck facts uh i watched that commentary i've watched it multiple times but i was just like sometimes things just slip through the cracks uh but you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. Wait, how about Facebook at Allentown Presents? Hey, check out the Facebook. There's tons of stuff on there. Uh, thank you, Studio Fetus, for the artwork. The Salty Terrell is really cool. I love it. Anytime I like put it to an episode, I'm like, damn, that's a good ass picture. I'm going to get that tattoo one day. I'll send it back to y'all and show you. So, like always, we are rounding that final corner, y'all. We are so close to the end. And that makes me happy and sad. 
because doing an episode every day is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But it's fun, but I'm sad because we're just going back to one a week, and that makes me sad. But, you know, we'll be here next year, and we'll do 31, un- you know, other scary films. So, like, Hopefully always... Hopefully just as many scary films are made this year, or... In 2021-2022, as were made in 2020-2021. Like, we watched You're right. so many new awesome films this year. It's fucking like renaissance of it was, scary films. Yeah. It was fucking great. Yeah, if you are into scary things and you haven't, like, sat down and watched anything new in a while, man, go back, check out our episodes, check out our list of things we've listened to or watched so far this month. There is a lot of really good horror stuff coming out right now, this year. Yeah, like, it's very enjoyable. So many really cool things. So, go check it out. Don't just stick to the old classics because you want to. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't see Host if you just stayed with old stuff. And Host is worth the price of admission. Yeah. It's 45 minutes. Free. Man. Yeah, it's fucking free. 45 minutes, man. Just watch it. It's so it's great. good. You'll freak out. There's so many really good films. Yeah, there's a really good one. So, like always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.